2: And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me today. And we're bringing another episode from the vault. We're going to jump back and we're going to share our episode on A Tribe Called Quest's album from '91. The low-end theory. We thought this would be an awesome way to kick off Black History Month. Um, Dude, I think to this day, this episode is probably our our best one, really.
3: Yeah, I I agree with you, man. I went back and listened to it recently, and um, we were super stoked at the thought of like, hey, this is our first episode on rap, and to this it's our only episode on rap to this to this day right and so like we really brought like our, our energy into the research and stuff and, and into the um, sort of digging into sort of the history of the the movement that the tribe was part of you know and just the, the 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 scene and the environment and like the circumstances around rap music and stuff like that at that time
2: the the golden age of hip hop yeah it was when they 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 realized that that this music was really starting to reach uh, like the global stage. And so that kind of changed the way that they approached their songwriting and kind of the message that they wanted to share in in their music. Um, so, yeah, we dive into all that. We go pretty deep into it.
3: And we have a ton of great clips, um, mainly that we pulled from um, this documentary series on Netflix that you can watch called... Um hip-hop evolution um that's kind of one of our main sources uh for this episode but um yeah this was
2: this was a lot of fun and um and this is an instance where like you know and, and i feel like this might happen a lot depending on how you find no filler if you find us through the pantheon network you don't have access to these episodes if you're if you're only looking for us within that network I think we we get picked up by them around uh twenty maybe twenty nineteen so this was this this episode is not gonna be in your feed unless you subscribe to us separately from pantheon, so there's tons of episodes that a lot of people just may have never even known were there you know
3: that's right, and that's you know that's one of the one of the reasons i uh you know don't feel don't feel terrible about uh, continuing to recycle episodes. Because you know, part of me is like, hey are we shortchanging our audience here by not giving them new content but no, you're right, Q for most of our listeners, you know a lot of these a lot of these episodes haven't even shown up in their feeds like you said you, you couldn't even find this if you tried if you if you subscribed to us through pantheon so right uh, anyway
2: yeah, so that's it I'm just gonna fade it in uh, right into our conversation when we right when we kick things off uh, and yeah we thought what better way to celebrate. Black History Month, then uh, to just share music that we love from Black artists, and we're gonna, we're again, we're kicking it off with a tribe called Quest. What an awesome album! Really great episode. I'm excited to play it for you.
3: all. All right, so um, we hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to see more of our episodes, and you know, in the same vein, if you want to go back and look at episodes from the past, our website is a perfect place to do that. Go to nofillerpodcast.com. You can see all of our episodes going all the way back to episode one, including show notes for each one, which has track lists and any sources that we may have referenced or cited. Uh, so if we if we talk about a YouTube video or something like that, you know, we'll throw a link to the YouTube video on the show notes page. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter, nofillerpodcast, at nofillerpodcast. Uh, give us a shout out, Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us artists that uh, you'd like us to talk about. Tell us genres that you'd like us to talk about. Um, anything you want to just just talk to us, please. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, we we want we want to have a, a an open dialogue with our listeners because um, we found in the past that that when when listeners do reach out to us, there's always great content that comes out of it. You know, what I mean. Always. Oh yeah, and that's what this uh, the show is about. It's about um, sharing music with each other, sharing music with our listeners, and having our listeners share music with us.
2: That is why we started this podcast.
3: That's right. So the yeah, the best place for you to do that is is the um, is the Twitter the Twitter verse, or you can you know if you want to get really crazy and send us a, a nice long message, you can do that on our contact page um, at the website that I mentioned earlier. But anyway, um, you can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network, pantheonpodcast.com, where you can find plenty of other great music content. And we'd also like to thank Pantheon sponsor AKG for supporting this show. And that's that. So without, uh, without further ado, here is our episode on A Tribe Called Quest
2: and their 1991 record the low-end theory.
4: By the time the low-end theory came around, samplers couldn't hold all the samples that were the composite that made the song. So a lot of that stuff, the guys actually conceptualized in their head without
2: actually ever having heard it put together, which is really,
4: really phenomenal. They deconstruct things in their mind and then reimagined and recombined in a way that never could have or would have been played by live musicians.
2: And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. In each episode, we'll dive into a little history of the artist and the album of choice with snippets from interviews and concerts, as well as music from the album itself. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my brother, Travis, and we're covering a tribe called Quest today. I'm fucking stoked, dude.
3: Yeah, I don't think I've been more excited about an episode, um, maybe ever. I mean, really yeah seriously because this is our first time to talk about rap and hip-hop a a genre that really I my my exposure to it is so limited that like now that I'm sort of you know getting into it a little bit like I'm realizing how fascinating the history of rap is and like the history of hip-hop and just how amazing and incredible these pioneers of, of of rap music were you know yeah, dude. It's just amazing. I'm I'm with you, man. I mean, you you know, we can never be too late to the party, you know.
2: Yeah, I was 29 maybe when I got into hip hop. Like when I say hip hop, I'm talking about like diving into old school hip hop, you know. Yeah. Like like checking out the origins. Because I mean, so for us, the music that we grew up listening to, the hip hop that I knew was what was on the radio, so we were familiar with Eminem. Um, early well, I think, 2000s, I think Busta Rhymes. I, I mean, here
3: here's the thing. So, like, I was actually thinking about this. Like, what I, I was trying to figure out what what our first exposure to rap was, and I think it must have been that song that we had on cassette tape. Um, oh, whoop! Dude. There it is. Yeah, that's our first exposure, man, and that was that was early hip hop. That was early. Who, who was that? I think Spencer. Had, well, who who was the artist? Yeah, I have no idea. Let's let's look it up right now, dude. Ta- I, you it, know dude, it, you're gonna remember the name because they say it in the song. The artist was called Tag Team. Remember they say Tag Team back again?
2: Yep, came out in
3: '93. But the reason I'm curious is because, I mean, other than that, we were brought up on rock and roll uh classical music, just you know yeah. just by hearing it, and then like movie soundtracks those are the kind of things that that our father would listen to, and that's that's the music that we were brought up on so that's why my guess is that by the time we became like of age when we were paying attention to music and stuff, like you were saying uh hip hop had changed and rap had changed uh quite a bit like the landscape and the things that they were singing about and rapping about had changed from from the 90s they dude. were talking you know about it was more like the club type stuff you know like uh, it's it's getting hot in here take off all your clothes and all that kind of crap which, but dude
2: i i am getting a little bit too hot i think i am going to take my clothes off what are you talking about what dude <laughs> are you saying it's hot just... in your in your in your studio oh my god bro I was just quoting the rest of the song. You said, it's getting hot in here. I'm going to... Oh, Dude, that's right. I forgot that she on, said that brother. afterwards.
3: My bad. God damn. I mean, I knew you were making a joke. It just obviously wasn't very funny. <laughs> but like, I, I guess my point is like, there was nothing lyrically that I could connect to Yeah. being from the lower middle class upbringing that we had, you know? Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. Maybe that's why we were never interested in it, and and we didn't have anybody to introduce us to this older stuff, this more classical hip hop and rap music. You know, we just didn't yeah. have it. So, that's the excuse I'm giving myself, at least. And we were just too too interested and too infatuated and in a love with rock and roll, which is fine. But I'm 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 happy that that I'm finally circling back around, and and giving rap and hip hop, like the attention that that it deserves. You know.
2: Yeah, and like you said, it's never too late. Um, so, Tribe Called Quest. I'll name off the roster real quick, and then we'll get into it. So, Tribe Called Quest consists of MC's Q-Tip. He was also like the main producer. We've got Fife Dog, and then originally we had Jerobi White, who shows up on their first album. Um, and then alongside those three... You had uh, DJ and co-producer Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Um, that's A Tribe Called Quest. So for this episode, I kind of want to just dive into that era of hip-hop around the time that they burst into the scene, maybe a few years before that. Um, you know, and then we'll, we'll build from there. So their first album was called People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm came out in 1990. So this is right smack dab in the middle of the, quote, golden age of hip-hop. Characterized by its diversity, innovation, and influence on the genre as a whole after its emergence and establishment in the previous decade. I'm, I'm reading straight from Wikipedia. So the golden age was around the mid to late 80s and the early 90s. So, the previous decade being the 70s, that's when hip-hop emerged on the scene. Um, what makes hip-hop different in the mid to late 80s, uh, it became a lot more experimental and a lot more artists were sampling from old records um, and sampling in general. That's when it started to get heavily used, you know, um, which is cool. You know, a lot of artists who, you know, thought, hey, I can get into hip-hop, you know, I can do this. They weren't necessarily um, formally trained musically, uh, or they didn't have the means to be trained musically um, or to, to to play an instrument. But if they had a good ear for sound, you know, they could just sample music from the records that, that their parents had. Well, that's you know? the thing. And go
3: from there. So that's what I like about the history of these pioneers is just how, you know, what it seems like with rap and hip hop, the barrier to entry is so low because literally all you need is your voice. You know, as yeah. far as like how you, you get your name out there and how you potentially get started. There's this quote from, um, and I don't know if, have we mentioned that, that uh, series on Netflix?
2: No. Yeah. But let's go ahead and do that, dude. So
3: there's a series out on Netflix called the, hip-hop evolution is that right yeah hip-hop evolution yeah so so you know i'm I'm learning a lot about the history of hip-hop and rap through this series there's this quote from this guy his name is lawrence chris parker he went by krs1 and he was part of the boogie down productions
2: yeah and we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about them dude so do you know what krs1 stands for I do, but not off the top of my head. Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. Well, there you go. So Damn. you got
3: to have that You gotta have that attitude when you go into this. Kind of <laughs> but anyway, so he had a quote that I really latched onto. He talked about, and sort of an anecdote that he shared, he said, you know, to survive in the hood, the average person on the street had a rhyme because you're, you know, like your credibility and your reputation was tied to it. If somebody walked up to you on the street and said, you know spit a rhyme at me and you didn't have anything like your reputation is done you know like yeah it seems like you're like i think it seems like everybody knew it too like in the hood it's like this is your chance to get out of the hood is like you know through rapping through entertaining and he he even talked about how like you know he he got some attention from like a social services worker because he was homeless and you know the 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 worker asked him like hey what do you want to what do you want to do? Who are you? Like, what do you want to be? And he said he wants to be an MC and whatnot. And He like, you know, gave him like a, a line, like you know. And then the guy yeah. said, "Hey, I'm, I'm uh, what's the guy's name? The Rock guy." Dwayne Johnson. No, motherfucker, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dwayne the Rock, the, the guy that he was partners with, yeah, Scott uh, Scott The Rock. So uh-huh. Scott LaRock, that was his social worker, and he he took him to the club that night because he said, "Hey, I'm a rapper." whatever so anyway they're there and you know they're kind of like competing with these other guys or whatever you know how they did these rap battles right yeah so anyway he basically said to these guys like he he put it this way like that his, his bread was on the line as in like he said y'all look like y'all ate today y'all look like you had breakfast and I didn't I slept on the train today and if I win I don't have to sleep on the train anymore there's nothing you can rhyme or say that can take away my hunger, as in like that's what these guys, you know, that's that's how seriously these guys took their craft, you know, and their yeah. their their rap and the way that they were, you know, throwing throwing these these words together and these rhymes together. It's like this was their ticket out, you know what I mean? And that's why I, I find that fascinating. You know, you really didn't have to, like you said, you didn't have to be trained in this. All you got to do is, is is be lyrically, you know be able to string some words together and tell a story through your, yeah. your rhymes and like be able to think on the spot and stuff. And like you could, you could make it, you know, you could make a record and, and, and become successful.
2: Yeah. And we're focusing mainly on um, the hip hop community in New York in the mid to late eighties, which I guess, you know what, dude, at some point we need to do an entire different episode on West coast hip hop because it, because there was shit going down on the opposite end of the country around this time.
3: I mean, we could even talk about the ghetto boys, man. Those guys are from the south. We'll talk about some Texas rap. Those guys are from Houston. <laughs> all right. Okay, the ghetto yeah. boys, are, we all know ghetto boys. If you've seen The Office Space or the movie Office yeah. Space, like that's the that rap in the very beginning that that guy's is uh the I got my pistol pulling con- Exactly. The guy that, the, 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 yeah. I don't even
2: know exactly what he's saying. Yeah. When, when he's in his car and he <laughs> yeah, rolls up he his window whatever, turns it down. Yeah. But anyway. So, you know, you're talking about these rap battles. Um, and there was a nightclub called the Latin quarter in uh, New York city, right downtown near Times square. Um, there's a guy by the name of paradise gray, who was the quote mover and shaker of the time he kind of just had his, his ear to the ground. Um, he knew who was coming up, you know, like he, he, he just knew everyone.
3: And I think he was also a promoter too.
2: Yeah. He was a promoter for the club. So, you know, if, if you were worth your dime, uh, you know, he would, his ears would perk up, you know? Um, and I, I kind of want to focus on, um, we, we mentioned briefly KRS one and, and Scott Rock, So, these guys formed a group called Boogie Down Productions uh, with another DJ by the name of Derek D. Nice Jones. Um, their debut album, which came out in 87, uh, was called Criminal Minded, and it's considered a classic of, uh, of, of hip-hop in the golden age. Um, the reason I want to focus on these guys is uh, specifically Scott Sterling. Scott LaRock and what happened to him in 87. Uh, so he uh, was shot to death in in New York. His friend, D. Nice, who's also part of the group, uh, was assaulted by a couple of men uh, because apparently D. Nice had been talking to one of their ex-girlfriends. Ex-girlfriends, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, they confronted him about it. And uh, later, D. Nice, you know, asked Scott, it, you know, if he could maybe help him try to defuse the situation. So later on that same day, uh, Scott LaRock and uh, D. Nice and a few other people in the group uh, all head down to uh, uh, the Highbridge Homes, which is this project's uh, building in South Bronx, where the the two guys lived, and uh, the whole point of heading there uh, was to defuse the situation, you know. But because they they rolled up with so many people, uh, those guys were threatened, and they were driving in this jeep that had a fiberglass top on it. Um, and as they were leaving, uh, shots were fired through the side. And through the top of the jeep. So because of that fiberglass top. Uh, those bullets got through. And Scotland Rock was hit in the head. Uh, it kind of like grazed his ear or something. Uh, but he was critically wounded. And they drove him to uh, the nearest hospital. Which was less than a mile away. And he died in the operating room. Within an hour of being shot. So this was just five months after the release of. Of Boogie Down Productions' first album, Criminal Minded, um, that was kind of a big deal. It sent shockwaves through the hip hop community in New York. Scott La Rock was one of the first guys, you know, that was kind of in the spotlight in hip hop at the time, uh, and he got he got shot. There was kind of a ripple effect throughout the hip hop community at the time, and they all just kind of had this like sense of urgency to do something about the violence that was going on within their own community.
3: Yeah. This, this seems to be something that, uh, that has kind of repeated itself. Like, you know, when you look back at the history of, of rap, like talking about, uh, you know, Biggie Smalls and,
2: and, and 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 Tupac, Tupac, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. it, It happened. It seems to happen a lot, like within the community itself. Right. So that same year, KRS-One, who, again, is, is uh, one of the founding members of Boogie Down Productions, uh, he formed the Stop the Violence movement uh, and, in hopes of encouraging the hip-hop community uh, to end the violence that was being committed on, on themselves. Um, and he brought together a bunch of East Coast hip-hop rap stars uh, to record a song about anti-violence, and it was called Self-Destruction. I got a little clip here from the Hip Hop Evolution series. Uh, It's KRS-One, he's kind of talking about it. And we've got a clip from the song itself too. When we put the Stop the Violence movement, it was to directly affect the existence
1: of hip hop. Hip hop is not about the promoting violence, that's not where hip-hop comes from. Hip-hop is about peace, love, unity, having fun.
0: Today's topic, self-destruction, humiliate the rap audience defying. It's one of two suckers, ignorant brothers, trying to rob and steal from one another.
1: Let's come to a show to unity. We know exactly who we are. This is what it means to be conscious, to be awake, to be aware. I'll leave the guns in the crack in the knob.
0: That was monumental. That was a
1: switch in hip-hop that ignited that fire inside of us. What can I do to change these horrible circumstances for our
2: people? Did watching that episode and hearing about this for the first time, Uh, I just did so much respect for these people, you know, like they, they recognized the problem and they realized how big of a problem it was. And they immediately, they, they grouped together. I know that they had a lot of meetings at the Latin quarter, you know, with um, Paradise Gray and a lot of, of the other really important people within the community, you know, and they talked about and brainstormed ways, ways that they could change this. And, you know, releasing an, uh, an entire song with, with a bunch of stars from the East coast, the entire song is about, you know, respecting each other and embracing their heritage, you know, like right. focusing on their African heritage, um, and, and just standing strong together and, and trying to, to put an end to the violence. I, I, I just have so much respect for that.
3: Yeah. You know, especially since, like you said, they're embracing their their heritage you know that they're, they're all you know in it together and it seems like there's a that kind of theme with like like i was talking about earlier it's like hey we we're all recognizing that this is a way for us to to get out of this uh this environment that, that that we're in as far as like the violence and whatnot and so when we're and this is again like we have to preface this by saying that like i have no no real history with any sort of an upbringing like this so i have to be careful when i talk about stuff like this right to not sound completely ignorant but like what i'm saying is like it sounds like they they acknowledge the fact that our circumstances are shit mm-hmm. you know there's violence and stuff around us so when we start to perpetrate that violence on ourselves right like they they, they acknowledge how how counterproductive that is and how um, absurd that is, really, and that's what it seems like. These movements kind of come out from that, right? It's like we need to stop, uh you know, killing ourselves here and like band together, embrace our heritage. Like we're in this together. Let's let's make something positive out of all
2: of this, right? And like we need to be more than just the the culture. Like you know, like we've got this hip hop movement, and it's this whole culture. But like we need to we need to be we need to rise even above that, and and use this platform to showcase our heritage um a lot of people in in the community at that time started to take on african or islamic names um they really started to flex their consciousness they would start wearing zulu beads and african medallions and they would shame anyone in the hip-hop community who wore gold or you know like excessive jewelry
3: um see that's the funny thing you said right there like that obviously flipped again by the time that you and oh, I, were, oh, I were. Oh, dude! We're paying attention to rap and stuff when we were in middle school or whatnot. Because that was, wasn't
2: even ten years later, right? Dude.
3: Exactly. It was it was all they rapped about was the cars they drove, the jewelry they wore, uh, and it's, it's the, the same, money they had. It's the
2: same now, man.
3: Right? Exactly. Now, I mean, I also again want to be trying to think about what why that is. It's like you know. They're celebrating the fact that once again they have escaped their circumstances that perhaps they grew up in and whatnot. That's why they uh rap about all their possessions and stuff. It's like, hey, we 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 made it, you know?
2: We did it. You know, I think about the same thing with um professional athletes. You know, you go you go you get right out of high school, you've never been Financially independent, or you know, you've never had to live on your own with you know within your own means, and you get handed millions of dollars, you don't know how to what to do with it, so you just spend it all and you show it off, Um, you know. But but it's you know these these uh, hip hop artists during this time were very conscious about you know the impact that they that they could have. Uh, like the positive impact that they could have uh you know if if they were more conscious about it, so out of this movement comes the native tongues, and that is a collective of artists that had their main focus was on positive minded good natured afrocentric lyrics, so they were closely tied to the universal Zulu nation that is a it's an international hip hop awareness group, um, originally and that was founded by Africa Bem, Bambada. I was gonna
3: say, like I recognize uh the words Zulu Nation from mm-hmm. that song Planet Rock. I'm sure he, he probably drops the name elsewhere, but I was listening to some
2: Africa Bambada stuff. Yeah. And the song Planet Rock that he talks about Zulu Nation. Yep. Yeah, so uh Bambada was an MC, he was a singer songwriter uh he heavily influenced uh the culture of hip hop in the early 80s uh you know so anyone coming up in the in the mid mid to late 80s early 90s knew who africa bambada was and there's a there's so many lyrics in in uh, tribe called quest songs uh where q-tip sings about africa bambada specifically yeah he i mean he says his name explicitly yep and and several times in uh low end theory so Zulu Nation now, or just the word Zulu uh, now is more just of a general term for positive based hip hop. and basically their whole thing is is you know promoting that that hip hop itself, the culture, the music, is created to provide peace, love, unity, and quote having fun. That's what they were all about around that time they They realized, okay, hip hop is we're you know, we're getting out of the streets. And we're starting to, you know, have an effect globally. Let's try to make sure that we're, you know, promoting this positive way of, of living, you know, peace, love, unity, having Yeah, fun. because they
3: were, they themselves were ambassadors of their people, their culture. You yeah.
2: Know? Yeah. So the native tongues consisted of the jungle brothers De La Soul and A Tribe Called Quest. And you said as well that you, you say Queen Latifah was also part of that, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to dive too far into these individual bands. Um, but I do want to focus a little bit on the Jungle Brothers before we land on A Tribe Called Quest. We're getting there. Um, so Jungle Brothers, they are the first group that... Did the whole "quote pro black" thing without being too preachy and with uh, you know and having fun with it at the same time, Um, you know. So there were a lot of groups out there that were promoting this you know Afrocentric way of doing things in the hip hop community, but they were like really strict about you know like 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 we had said earlier, like they would shame you if you wore gold jewelry. But they were almost not violent, but you know, like like they weren't having fun with it. They did they, they didn't they they weren't able to connect with the masses. Jungle Brothers were their first their first group to do that. Um not only that, but uh their first album called Straight Out the Jungle, which came out in nineteen eighty eight. So again, this is one year after Scott LaRock died. That album was, quote, the blueprint for hip hop going forward. It was jazzy and it was quirky, and it you know it totally went against the grain. After that album came out, the stage was was set for hip hop groups to engage with jazz. Um, so you know, at the very very beginning, we talked about how you know during the golden age of hip hop, a lot of these artists started to heavily sample uh, music, and they would sample old records, you know. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever their parents had in in their, at their houses, you know, they would grab those records, take them with them to the studio and uh, figure out creative ways to, to loop those beats and, and uh, you know, those trumpets and, those and saxophones. And stuff, yeah. yeah. So it, it, you know, it made the hip hop around that time, very, you know, very eccentric. And it kind of like bridged the gap between generations. Tribe Called Quest was one of those, Uh, bands specifically q-tip was really really creative in in his use of sampled music
3: that's another thing that really grabbed my attention i I think i always knew that hip-hop and rap sampled stuff heavily but when i heard q-tip talk about like and maybe we're jumping the gun here but by saying this quote but he was saying that um because they didn't have that Um, that background or they weren't, you know, they weren't brought up with musical instruments. They didn't really know how to, how to play. It's like these records that their father's records their parents records became the session players for them on the low end theory record. And I, you know, I just, I love the idea that like the, you know, the, they're, they're gathered around, they're going through their dad's records, or at least Q-tip is, and like listening to their parents music and, 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 you know, uh, clinging on to that kind of stuff and then bringing it with them into the studio. It's like, they're bringing their parents, uh, love and passion for music with them into the studio as they're making music. You know, I, I love that. Really cool. Yeah. I love the idea of that because like uh, the, you know, we can relate to that, you know? As far as like how much of a, we used to go through our dad's records too, you know? All the time,
2: dude. Yeah. And I'll, I'll loosely quote Q-tip. You know, this is pretty much what you're saying. So, so he says a lot of kids who come up doing hip hop are doing so with the only tools that they had. All we had were records. We're making do with what we have. So we take these turntables and they become our instruments. Um, yeah. I am going yeah, So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play another clip. Uh, real quick from uh, this is al Shaheed Muhammad who again was uh, co-producer in these, in these records he he, kind of t- he talks a little bit about, about sampling these old jazz records when a lot of these records were created there were so many limitations and restrictions on their life so
0: the only opportunity that maybe an artist had to completely express themselves without being smacked over the head and thrown into jail just for feeling was when they got in those records and they played you know so if you hear a lee morgan there's so much in every note and the melody the grace the freedom there'd be a few notes and there'd be this space that's jazz
2: so good man yeah i love it so um Thank you everyone for getting through this with us. We're like over 30 minutes in and we finally reached our first song. So I wanted to play the first track on uh, a tribe called Quest's first album, People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm, um, mainly just to focus on Q-Tip's lyrics because it kind of goes back to that Afrocentric, you know, Zulu Nation way of communicating with with their audience at the time. So this song is, again, track one off their first album. It's called Push It Along.
1: Is my title I don't think that is vital For me to be your idol But dig this recital If you can't envision A brother who ain't dissing slinging this and that Cause this and that was missing Instead it's been injected The tribe has been perfected Oh yes it's been selected The art makes it protected Afrocentric living Africans be given A lot to the cause Cause the cause has been risen Some brothers they be flamming Thinking we ain't slamming Coming off like the days When we used to wear the Tamsin A blue collar talker Hemisphere stalker A glass of OJ And a ten mile walker if you're in a deep and you dig what you're hearing Can I get a beep and a sideboard of cheering? I am what I am. That's a tribal man. We all know the colors. We all must stand as we start our travels Things they will unravel. k sara for this unit is like gravel Won't be gone for long. Listen to the song if you can't pull it all you gotta do is
0: Push it along, push it along, push it along. Yeah, push it along
3: Man, that is crazy dude because as I was listening to that drum beat I recognized that drum beat from a from a song from a, like a, a trip hop song that I'm familiar with that I used in one of my mixtapes on for for no uh for new dust back in the day really yeah and I looked it up and and, and like like that was the song like I, I well I remembered it correctly It was this this guy called DJ cam mm-hmm. and the song is called mad blunted jazz like the drum beat was just instantly recognizable to me so anyway that's just crazy I, I love how I love how that should happen. So that song came out in '95. So it makes you wonder: is was DJ Cam sampling that drum beat because he too came across it and realized it'd be a good drum beat for his song, or did he sample it because he's paying homage to Tribe? To Tribe, know? yeah. It makes you wonder.
2: Yeah, I just love. I I, lo- I love the idea, and and you were saying this too earlier. Um, how you know an entire genre spawned from people who didn't have the means, you know, they, they, they didn't grow up, you know, in a, in an environment that allowed them to learn instruments, but they realized, oh, I can manipulate these sounds and loop them. And all I need is a turntable, you know, and I can take these old records and I can, I can make new music out of it. Uh, You know, and that's still, that's still happening today. Yeah. It
3: goes back to our conversation about, um, about dub early dub music. And we talked about this on our Tosca episode on our sidetrack for the Tosca episode.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, We talked about her early dub artists. Like you said, it's what they had available to them. It was a turntable and a a collection of records and you could make music on, on it. And I think, I think rap comes from that because then they just started to rap over it, you know? Right. Same thing, but now we're rapping on top of it.
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to read the lyrics. You can look it up, you know, but, but I'm, I'm sure you heard, you know, he talks about Afrocentric living. He talks about the quote cause, uh, and, and that cause being risen, you know, it's all about the, the, you're just, they're just right smack dab in the middle of that, of that movement. Um, and to put all this in perspective, dude. So again, this album came out in 1990. Guess what the number one song in America was in 1990?
3: I know what the answer to this is, dude. What it was? It was Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby.
2: Yeah. So,
3: which is funny because he sampled the David Bowie track, right? The David, the Bowie, the Queen, the Queen the, David Bowie song, yeah. Um, yeah Under pressure, right? So it's like everybody, was, I mean, that's what they were doing. So it's not, you know, it's not like Tribe was the first to sample music.
2: No, but the the reason I wanted to bring up the Vanilla Ice was number one is that like, I'm not gonna pull it up, but like. What, what were the lyrics in, in Vanilla Isis? You know, in, in Ice Ice Baby, what were those lyrics? They were probably super shallow and and pointless. And, you know, bands like Jungle Brothers, A Tribe Called Quest, and De La Soul, during that same time, they were doing the same thing. You know, but but, but their lyrics were meaningful, you know, and and, and it was a, to- a whole different side of, of the hip-hop coin. Um, People's Instinctive is just a really fun uh debut. It's really great. So, um shit, man. We need to we need to get into low end theory. Let's do it. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so um this was released in September of 91. So, just 1 year after uh People's Instinctive. From this point on, really, we're just going to play the tunes, you know. We're we're going to we're going to focus on the on the lyrics and play the tunes, you know. I think we've covered enough history.
3: I mean, look, I, I think it was important for us to to spend some time on this, like, like we said, this is our first discussion about this on this podcast. So obviously we can't cover the entire history of hip hop and rap in, you know, 30 minutes, but hopefully this just gives some context and some context into why tribe was so important.
2: Yeah. And, and really for us, dude, I know you're in the same boat, What I love about this style, I guess, of hip hop and and hip hop around this time was the, those heavily sampled jazz uh, beats and and saxophone and, you know, like
3: that's kind of what got me interested in like, that was kind of the the, same. My my foot in the door was through the jazz samples.
2: Absolutely. Because I love,
3: I love, I love down I love trip hop.
2: Yeah. And I, I love, you know, blurring these, these genres. And, like they, like they, they had said about you know the golden age of hip hop. What made it so special was that it was you know kind of bridging, bridging the gap between generations, you know. And like he said, these guys were just pulling records from from their parents' collection, bringing it into the studio with them.
3: Exactly. I, I love, I love that. Like you said, it's like it's the it's bringing in the previous generations' music into their own music. I just, I love, I love that.
2: Yeah. So q-tip solo on on the first track on low end theory he kind of introduces himself too. um it's really cool so i only have one clip for this one Uh, it's track one on the low end theory it's called excursions
1: Back in the days when I was a teenager, before I had status and before I had a pager, you can find the abstract, listening to hip hop, my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop, I said, well daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles, way that Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael, it's all expected, things are for the looking, if you got the money, Quest is for the booking, come on everybody, let's get with the fly mode, still got room on the truck, load of black gold. Listen to the rhyme to get a mental picture of this black man, black woman picture. Why do I see that? Cause I gotta speak the truth, man. Doing what we feel for, the music is the proof. And it on the ground, the act is so together. Going to fight strong, you need leverage to sever. The unit, yes, the unit, yes, the unit called the jazz is delivering each head LP filled with street goods. You can find it on your rack in your record store. If you get the records, hey, your thoughts are adored and appreciated. Cause we're ever so glad we made it. We work hard, so we gotta thank God. Ditching out the plastic, do the dance to your spastic If you diss, this, it gets drastic Listen to the rhyme, cause it's time to make gravy If it moves your booty, then shake, shake it, baby All the way to Africa, aka the motherland Stick out the left, then I'll ask for the other hand That's the right hand, black man Only if you are noted as my man if I get the credit, then I think I deserve it. If you fake news, don't fix your mouth to word it. Get in the zone of positivity, not negativity, because we got to strive for longevity. If you're my what's in that? What? A pair of Nike size oh, 10 oh, and a half. Come on, I. We
3: gotta make I mean, yeah, he even shouts, shouts it out to his father. You know, he talks about, uh, yeah, you know, my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop. I said, "Don't you know that things go in cycles?" I love that idea, right? So he just said, "Like, hey, he's he's it, basically what we just talked about. How like things go in cycles? Like, yep, rappers from that generation were borrowing samples and stuff from jazz records and old bebop records and stuff. So, so there you go. He teased it up for us right there.
2: Yep, the first line. Back in the days when I was a teenager. Before I had status and before I had a pager, you could find the abstract, which was another uh, nickname for himself. You can find the abstract listening to hip hop. There you go. Yeah. You know, he just grew up on it. Um, and that's another thing, too. Like him and Fife go back to childhood. They were they were childhood friends. Um, Apparently they went to church together, grew up in the same neighborhood. Yeah. And they, and they were, uh, you know, rhyming together since they were kids, like literally since they were kids. This has been an... A dream of theirs, like a, a vision that they that they've been striving towards since they were kids.
3: Well, yeah. Apparently, they had rap demos when they were eleven and twelve. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's so. I, th- I think it was uh, they had demo tapes. Yeah, I think it was uh, Jerobi that was quoted uh, talking about that uh, in the Hip Hop Evolution episode. Like, yeah, like they had a manager when they were like thirteen. They had they released their first demo as teenagers well
3: yeah and they you know they went on to say that they were already in those circles like from, from early on getting their music listened to and getting feedback and, and critiques and stuff from from people from all the the big names you know that's probably how they got into to the native tongues collective just because you know i mean part of it was because like he even said in this song uh, about uh positivity yeah get get in the zone of positivity not negativity. Get get in the zone of positivity, not negativity, because we got to strive for longevity. So just like we were saying earlier, it's like this is this needs to be positive because, you know, we're looking long term here for what what we want hip hop and rap to be about. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, I didn't play it in that clip, but verse two, um, he says, we're on these excursions. So you must realize that continually I pop my Zulu shit if you don't like it, get off the Zulu tip, you know, so he's like saying, if you're not part of the Zulu movement, if you're not if you're not part of what this movement stands for, then then fucking you can't claim you, to be a part exactly. of it exactly, yeah, don't wear the Zulu beads if you're not part of this movement um and then a few a few verses down, uh he says, especially if you rhyme, you have to live by the pin. Your man is your man, then treat him like your friend. All it is, is the code of the streets, so listen to the knowledge being dropped over beats. I fucking love that line, dude. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about how different the sound of this album was, because apparently this this so- uh, this album uh, just sounded different than, than anything else that had been done at the time. And apparently they went into the making of this record... Wanting to make it sound like something that hadn't been heard before, and uh, the guy that that we had a quote from in the very beginning of the episode that introduced us in was the sound engineer for this record, Bob Power, right? Yeah, and he talked about in the Hip Hop Evolution series about uh, the challenge that was kind of brought to him uh, by Q Tip, of basically like the challenge being, how do we get the kick drum to have that huge presence? but be able to hear everything else clearly at the same time. So basically, and I don't remember, I guess it was, uh, what what was the other guy's name, the guy that talked about them having demo tapes? Oh, Jerobi. Yeah, so apparently um, uh, Jerobi was saying that at that time, like subwoofers and stuff in in cars were starting to become a thing. So you really had to, to, like, the goal was to, take advantage of those subwoofers and stuff. And as Bob Power said, like the goal was to shake the Jeep. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. Shake
2: the Jeep. I like that. I like that quote, shake the Jeep. <laughs> yeah. So
3: anyway, that was the goal of this thing. And like, when you listen to the record, that kick drum really is just front and center, you know, but, but oh, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't overpower everything else.
2: Yeah. And uh, I think Q-Tip also like says, you know, that was one of the main things for us was that, that, you know, low end sound just be you know being able to shake the jeep was that that was a, a main focus for them in their sound
3: yeah i mean it, it sounds like q-tip was kind of the uh he, he was obviously the mastermind behind everything and he was a uh a perfectionist yeah on on these records i mean it you know to go back to radiohead it sounds like he is he's the tom york of the group oh, for, for sure absolutely right? without a doubt yeah and like he would come into sessions that that they had been working on previously and just kind of scrapped the whole thing because he had a, a better idea in his head or something like that, you know?
2: Yeah. And they learned to go with it because if he, if he scrapped something, chances are that, that, you know, something even better was, was coming down the pipes.
3: Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. So one more thing before we move on to the next one, cause I want to, we're talking about how, how crucial these jazz samples were. I wanted to mention every sample or at least the ones that were, that have been noted on whosample.com Which is a tremendous resource But anyway So for this song in particular Excursions The bass line is a song by Art Blakely and the Messengers Called A Chant for Boo The drums uh, A group called The Shades of Brown The song is The Toil I Tilled for You And then I guess we didn't get This far but um, Unless you have a second clip no, I don't. Well, there's this vocal track that comes in. Yeah, at the very end. It sounds like yeah. So that's a that's a that's a musical track. It's it's from this group called the Last Poets, and the song is called "Time Is Running Out."
2: Yeah, and and that um, sample The lyrics is, in that are interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, so the so that sample says, uh, "Time is running out on Black Power advocates in the day and white thighed supporters at night." Every time you see them, they're chasing some white woman with their tongue hanging out. Time is running and passing, passing and running, running and pass. Yeah, it just it just kind of fades out with him saying, "Time is running and passing, passing and running." Yeah. All right, so that's we we did it, dude. We we got to the low end theory. Um, yeah, we got
3: to one song. We got th- like three more.
2: So, one change up in the band between uh People's Instinctive and Low End Theory, Jirobi White leaves the group. And um that's, you know, mainly because he really didn't provide much in their first album, you know, he, he he was he was part of the group, but he really didn't flex his muscles, I guess, and he was just kind of more of a like a what do you, what's the word? It's like a hype guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know it was it was a no hard feelings kind of thing. Um, so then you just got Q Tip and Five. A big difference between these two albums, um, you know. Fife just gets better as a as an MC as, as a as a as a, a rapper. He just kind of steps up, you know. And then you've got this really cool back and forth with Q Tip and Five in their songs, you know. Uh, so I'm going to quote someone here. I don't, I don't, I don't know who this is. <laughs> I read this in an article somewhere. I really liked it. Uh, it, they say Q-tip's voice is simultaneously nasal and perfectly pure, and it might be too smooth for its, for its own good. Five dogs voice works to balance the smoothness, the way a bite of bacon can balance the sweetness of maple syrup. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, me too. Um, and let's just you know kind of take the mo- take a moment here so five dog had diabetes uh he was diagnosed in the 90 90- in 1990 he would refer to himself as the funky diabetic he passed away on march 23rd of 2016 uh, due to complications with with diabetes since then they've released one album which is actually phenomenal dude it's it's called we got it from here thank you for your service came out the year that five passed away
3: yeah and let's just mention it came out in 2016 so it's relatively new
2: yeah yeah so again that was the year that five died um and there's actually five's recorded and and you know he, he spits some rhymes in this album yeah and um yeah so so he's he's gone but you know there's just this really this perfect balance between the two of them as m c s together they're they're just a powerhouse dude like there's just something about like with five dogs lyrics um you know they're super uh you know fun and goofy and he rags on himself a lot in his lyrics uh so the the next song i'm gonna play is track four it's called butter and um five is pretty much front and center on this one so Apparently, Q-Tip planned for this song to be a back-and-forth, like a mic-trading session, quote-unquote, um, but Fife wanted the track all to himself, and so he, he actually he won that fight, and um, Q-Tip pops up in the chorus, but otherwise, it's, this is a Fife track. So, uh, again, this is track four. It's called Butter.
0: High, where all the guys were corny but the girls were mad fly Lounging with the tipster, cooling with shop Scoping out the honeys, they know who they are I was the B ball playing, fly rhyme saying Fly girl getting, but never was I sweating Cause when it came to honeys I would was a astray Until I met my match Her name was Flo Yeah, I messed around with the one called Flo All the troopers round the way used to call her a hoe But deep down in my heart, I knew that Flo was good to go Cause I thought it was me, like Belle Biv DeVoe But little did I know that she was playing with my mind The only thing I've learned is good girls are hard to find I feel like Heavy D, I need somebody for me Not someone whose mind is blank and trying to juice me for my banks Swinging with my main man, lucky behind my back What type of crap is that? Yo, how's about a smack? Word, life, I can't front Thought I was all that but now it seems I've met my match. I was a stone cone lover. You couldn't tell me that. Settling down with one girl wasn't trying to hear that. I had Tanya, Tamika, Sharon, Karen, Tina, Stacy, Julie, Tracy used to love them, leave them, skeeze them. Em, find them, lose them, also abuse them My whole attitude is new day, next hunt And believe it or not, they all got done But here comes Flo with the crazy whip pill. And I'm all too man, like Alexander O'Neill. Is this really love? Then again, how would I know after all this time trying to be a super ho, She finally played me, but yo, I'd find another Cause I've got the crazy game and yo, I'm smooth yo, like butter It's like butter It's like butter, baby It's like butter It's like butter,
1: baby It's like butter
3: so right there, that saxophone uh, that you're hearing in the background that that Q-Tip is rapping over, it's a song uh, by Gary Bartz called "Gentle Smiles," Saxy in parentheses. And what's funny is like you can hear another vocal track that Q-Tip is singing over in addition to that sax and that's also on that record hmm. so it's like they couldn't split the sax from the the vocal track on that sample so it's just thrown in there so that's Gary Bart's vocals interesting uh, in I, didn't, well. I didn't
2: even notice that
3: yeah there's a couple other samples in here uh, the main hook and riff that you are hearing in the beginning is a song called Young and Fine by The Weather Report and then the drums throughout the track is a song by Chuck Jackson called I Like Everything About You so if you go back and listen to the, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to go and listen to these songs too, because yeah. it, it gives you a, a clue into the type of music that was just laying around the house, you know, when Q-Tip was growing up. Yeah.
2: So, um, you know, again, in their first album, People's Instinctive, um, Fife wasn't really front and center, you know, like he, you know, he, he just wasn't in the right mindset, Like he just didn't care so much, you know. He was quote having fun and chasing girls at the time, and Q Tip pulled him aside. He says, "Yo, (laughs) 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 that's what he said." Uh, You know, I'm about to start recording this next album. I want you on a couple of the songs, but you have to take it serious. Uh, And Fife kind of took that in consideration, and um, along with the the last couple shows that they did for their first album, he realized. Okay, hey, this this could be a serious thing. You know, so Qtip wanted 5 along along for the ride the whole time, you know. Again, these these guys have been friends since since they were kids, you know. They they grew up together. Um Yeah. So I I think it's cool that you know, Qtip is the is the main man. Q Qtip's the Tom York of the group or you know, right. or the or the Brit Daniel. But, you know, he he didn't want to do this without 5. I think that's great. Um you know, and their uh vocal interplay, you know, is 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 what made them so memorable. All right, so we've got another couple songs to play. And uh Travis, we're doing verses from the abstract, mainly just because you, you really, really wanted to do this one. I love this song, but but you you know, we're texting we were texting back and forth for this episode and you said, Man, I fucking we gotta do verses from the abstract.
3: Yeah, so so what I liked about this one is you know, with all these tracks that, that have the bass, uh, the bass line, the drum, and, and like other musical instruments that are on the track are actually just sampled uh, jazz records, uh, this song has both a, a bass player in the studio that gets a shout out toward the end of the song and uh, a female vocalist in the studio as well. So her name is uh, Vinya Mohica she she's on a a de la soul song she's on a jungle Brothers song so like they're bringing her in um because of her you know her 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 background you know she's just you know basically it sounds like you know she she was she was one of the native tongues um she she was in that collective right yeah yeah so you know she's just making her mark on 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 their record as well you know cool i don't know if she had her own stuff i mean she probably did um yeah she she uh she had a couple of singles. It looks like she was mainly uh, threw herself onto uh, to 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 these records with um with with various groups from the from the Native Tongues Collective. So anyway, and, and I also I, I just like the uh, it, it like the beginning of the song kind of has like this sort of like just it sounds like Q Tip is just kind of talking in the just studio, talking
2: into the mic, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's hear it. So this is uh, the next track, right after Butter. Uh, it's track five. It's called Verses from the Abstract.
1: I had a dream about my man last night. <laughs> and my man came by the, the studio. And his name is Buster Rhymes, in effect. Shahid is in effect. Fife all is in effect. Check it out and give me my spec. I'm moving, yes I'm grooving cause my mouth is on the motor Use the coast in the morning to avoid the funky odor Can't help being funky, I'm the funky abstract brother Funky in the sense but I play the undercover Once had a fetish, fetish for some booty Now I'm getting funky in my rapping and that's my duty Brothers tend to jock on the style in particular If you got the ego like some brothers then I'll get with ya But if I don't pursue then I just don't give a f-. My motto in the 90s is be happy making ducks Girls love the gym cause it causes crazy friction When it goes up in, it fluctuates the addiction I still understand the oof cause that's what I'm at up for I'm hooked on the swing so just call me the music whore Women love the voice, brothers dig the lyrics Quest the people's choice, we thriving for the spirit If you can't hear it, then get the wax utensils Write my rhyme straight up, don't get with no fancy stencil The rhymes we get getting sweet, we stay away from thought. A perfectionist at work, perking up the art If you want to battle, I suggest you check your clock Your demise is coming up, and I want your man to watch Be the prime example, a deeper still the sample Insignificance, here I place you on the mantle Born up in Harlem, reside now in Jamaica The girl I used to rock, her moms was a Quaker And what does that make her? The evil money taker The crazy move faker, I use that to break her Fife is in the house Uncle Mike is in the house Rob Power is in the house Tim Latham is in the house Wise Men is in the house The Brand New's is in the house The JB's they in the house And Jay lock they in the house I must regroup my thoughts and kick the next verse for my people. Please don't be deceived by the ugly sights of evil. The world is kind of cold and the rhythm is my blanket. Wrap yourself up in it. If you love it, then you'll flank it. Don't move to rebuttal. Wave your hand for action. Some women in the 90s want more than satisfaction. They want keys and G's. And all those silly things If you want to, I'll show you Just what the app can bring I keep a tight net With my brothers Ken and Kenny If the question is of bombs, Then I'll tell you I got plenty The thing that men and women Need to do is stick together Progressions can't be made If we're separate forever I hope this funky beat With the loop and the feature Is the funky singing By Miss Vinny or Mojita. So
0: listen because the
3: quest is Yeah, so you just It faded out on that last line but But he says My people have been oppressed Too long no more will we be down so again like it's about it's about uh, escaping uh you know their circumstances I feel like that's a lot it seems like with these early rap records and it happens till today like a lot of times it's 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 this collective effort you know yeah like he's he's, he's dropping all these names he even says de in the house yep
2: he, he he gives a shout out to uh, he to, says the the brand noobs which is brand newbian yeah yeah i i just like the 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 line uh, you know they they started to flex their consciousness uh in the golden age of hip hop and i i pulled that from um from paradise gray that that promoter from um the Latin quarters um yeah man that's what that's what it was all about was was just uh, you know lifting up their people
3: yeah and it seems like it's also like all these name drops that happen in these rap songs. I think it's done from a place of like, let me make sure that I, that I put, get your name on this track so that you can get the credit. And the, so you can get the recognition. Yeah. You know, Cause because
2: like, I'm, like I, I, I wouldn't be here without you.
3: Yeah. And and that's why he, he credits uh, the, the female vocalist. He says her name. And then later on, he, he says, thanks a lot. Ron Carter on the bass. Yes. My man ran Carter is on the bass. And, like, and then Ron Carter is even, he, he even does this little dating on the bass, like with the name drop, you know? Yeah, that's cool. so he like
2: shouts out Bob Power, you know, the, the guy right, that, exactly, that, that makes, makes their first three albums. He gives a shout out to Uncle Mike, too. Uh, I looked into this. Oh, uncle yeah. Mike is um, Ali Shahid's uncle, Ali Shahid Muhammad. Uh, apparently uh, Ali Shahid Muhammad's first DJ experience was... Uh, he was using Uncle Mike's turntables at a party, and they recorded their first demo in Uncle Mike's basement. So it's fucking great, man. That's what I'm
3: saying, man. This is what I like about it: is that when you when you read the lyrics and when you research all of these name drops, it's like they are telling you the history right here. You know? Yeah, they're saying here's how we got here, and I I just love I, I love it because with with rock and roll, you know, it seems like the lyrics are are less about the, the, the band or the history of the group or, you know, when, when did you ever hear a Zeppelin song or something like that reference, you know, a blues musician that they, that they came from the, you know, that they borrowed from
2: almost never, dude,
3: never, or or just like a shout out to the producer, like on, like it just doesn't happen because rock lyrics are, 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 are more, they're just not, they're, they're more, uh, I don't know. It's just it's just not about that. Because well, dude, let's just put it this it's just way, a dude. different It's uh, a different context. I've
2: never read the lyrics to a rock song and knew for sure oh, they're singing about this is a legit thing that happened to him. Like, every time w- with a rock song, it's like, okay they could be, they could literally just be making up a character and writing about a scenario that's happening to a fictional character just for this song. Never have I listened to Uh, a rock song where I knew for sure they're doing a shout out to an actual person or they're singing about things that actually happened to them. It's almost, it's, it's like with comedians. Yeah. Who knows if, if the jokes that they're telling are based on true experiences or not. They, they make it seem they, you know, it's first person, but you never know if it's, it's uh, an actual experience that they've had. And yeah, for sure. They don't, they don't give shout outs
3: ever. And yeah, exactly. And that's what I appreciate. I mean, they might do it like, almost like, uh, ironically or something like that. Like, uh, you know, um, I think, I think, I think Leonard Skittered, uh, essentially references Neil Young, uh, in, I think they say his name straight up actually in, in Sweet Home Alabama or something like that, but that's because that was their, that was them reacting to Southern man or something like that, the, the Neil Young. But anyway, like that, that's what I'm, I'm starting to appreciate and, and love and respect about this early rap and hip hop is that they are telling us their story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love it. It's great. Um, now there's a, a sample from Heatwave in this song, right? Right. Yeah. So let me, let me just say that real quick. The two samples in the song, cause you know, I said earlier that the bass and the female vocals are not samples. Those people are in the studio. But, uh, and he made sure to call them out, like I said. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but there are some samples. The drums uh, are sampled from a song called Upon This Rock by Joe Farrell. And then the sort of that almost like a, it almost sounds like a guitar strumming in the background
2: is a Heatwave song called The Star of the Story. Yeah, dude. Just real quick, man. That's, that's my favorite album of, of Heatwaves. It's called Central Heating. I know you're as big a fan of Freaks and Geeks as I am, dude.
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, I got it in the heat wave because on, on the final episode in the in the series it's called Discos and Dragons. Uh fucking what's his name, dude? Uh Jason Jason Siegel's name. character yeah. does like a right. yeah, it does like a rollerblade disco dance off and <laughs> uh, a song called The Groove Line is playing uh from that album. Yeah, dude. I love I love finding out that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. All right, so this is This is lengthy, bro. We got, we got ourselves a long ass episode, but we're done. This is the last song we're going to play for you. It's all about the lyrics again, dude. I love the lyrics in the song. I love the whole concept behind it. You know? Yeah.
3: It's a, it's a fun song. The
2: execution. It's, it's cool, dude. So, um, it's only two and a half or so minutes long. We're just going to play the whole song. So here is track 13. We're jumping down a few, a few, a few songs, uh, It's called what?
1: They're looking for excuses, game for the buzzer who kicked it to the mooses. Lame as a brain, could be golly gee. If you see a shrink, he'll charge you a fee. If you see me, you see the fee is nothing. We will feeble patience, all backs, no fronting. What is a party if it doesn't really rock? What is a poet, all balls, no cock? What is a war if it doesn't have a general? What's Channel 9 if it doesn't have Arsenio? What is life if you don't have fun? What? what if you ain't got a gun What's Ali without Shaheed Muhammad Nothing, Kapelka makes you vomit What is a quest if the players ain't willing What is a pence if you don't have a shilling Excuse me if I'm chilling, hey what, say what What's a fat man without food in his gut What's a childbirth without the umbilical What's United Parcels without the deliverer What's Mama son without Papa sawn? What's Martial Arts without Daniel son What's Rashi without Tanya Tamika What's Orange Juice Dougie Doug without Shaniqua Nada, 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 not, not a damn thing What's Duke Ellington without that swing? What's Alex Haley if it doesn't have roots? What's a weekend if you ain't knocking boots? What's a black nation without black unity? What is a child who doesn't know puberty? What is my label when I exit room status? What's menage a trois? Or that is, what is sex when you have three people? What are laws if they ain't fair and equal? What's Clark Kent without a telephone booth? What is a liquor if it ain't 80 proof? What are the youth if they ain't rebelling? What's Ralph Cramden if he ain't yelling at Ed Norton? What is Coke snorting. What is position if there is no contorting? What is hip hop if it doesn't have violence? Chill for a minute, Dougie Fresh said silence. What's a glock if you don't have a clip? What's a lollipop without the good ship? What's SM if you don't have chains? What's a con artist if he doesn't have brains? What's America without greed and glamour? What's an MC if he doesn't have stamina? What's Music Factory without Mr. Walt? What's True Goy without a phrase called talk? What's Chris Lighty if he wasn't such a baby? What is a woman if she didn't say maybe? Baby laid down, I removed the frown. What would be my penal core if it wasn't brown? What is a paper without a president? What is a compound without an element? What is a jam if you don't spike the punch? What's a key if you don't bite brunch? Ooh, it's like that you keep going. Freak, freak, y'all, cause you know that we showing. What, tigga, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, man, that's good. Dude, there's no point in even diving into these lyrics. There's just so much. But it's, it is worth reading this song in its entirety, man. It's so cool.
3: I just love the uh, chill for a minute, Dougie Fresh sheds
2: silence. Yeah. And then there's the entire... That it's entire like a four-second pause, yeah. man.
3: So, like, you know, that's that's ballsy, but <laughs> this four silent pause in your song where not, there's nothing but complete silence. Plus, isn't Dougie
2: Fresh, he's a rapper, right? Dougie Fresh, yeah, dude. He's uh, Isn't he the guy that... He plays a character in Fresh Prince, dude. Him and Will Smith wrapped together I hope I'm right in that dude I thought I think no that's Jazzy Jeff oh shit Jazzy
3: Jeff or Jazzy (laughs) Jazzy Jeff I think yeah but what's funny is you you mentioned Fresh Prince like I guess that's kind of another we talk about exposure to hip-hop when we were young like I think Will Smith was probably an exposure to I think Spencer had Big Willie style I'm pretty sure he had that record didn't he yeah
2: well dude and you know what I I can I can sing the entire Fresh Prince theme song yeah dude start to finish
3: getting jiggy with it men in black theme song that was all on big willie smith anyway the uh sample the main sample that you hear in that song is a song called uncle willie's dream by paul humphrey so if you like that little funky kind of like uh dude, guitar thing there dude yeah. it
2: reminded me of a. Uh... What is that song, dude? Oh, uh, Superstitious by Oh yeah. yeah, by Stevie Wonder. I thought that's what they sampled from. honestly. Yeah, that's that same style. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that he kind of uh, popularized that sound. That's on, yeah. Um. Okay. So that's it, dude. Let's fucking wrap this up, man. Because people are tired of listening to us. I feel like. Uh, I think one of the
3: reasons we're also going this deep is because I feel like we're both sort of diving into this genre uh, at the same time here and, and learning all
2: of this stuff like within the last few months. Well for me it's it's the last couple of years, yeah, but I didn't dive into it like this. Yeah. All right, so to wrap it up, I think I'm just going to play um a little bit of Heatwave from the song that they sampled uh and verses from The Abstract. So thank you as always for listening. Hop on our website nofillerpodcast.com. We've got our show notes there for every episode. There you'll find, you know, more information if you're looking for it. A lot of times we'll post videos and, uh, you know, other links that that we think you might like. Uh, Until next week, why don't you hop back and listen to some of our older episodes. We got like 60 now, dude, or probably more than that in total. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you you take a peek? We're going to fade us out today with uh, a song from Central Heating heat waves 1978 album nice dude um yeah so this again was sampled in uh, the song verses from the abstract which we played earlier for you this song is the star of a story and uh we'll shout at you next week my name is quentin and my name is travis all right take care <laughs>